Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hey, here we are on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, One Bills Live is the show. Thank you for joining us as uh, we have a team back out on the practice field today. The cold practice field, by the way. With two new members, one on the active roster, one on the practice squad. They are both familiar faces. Brandon Bryant, defensive tackle, number 96 in your program. And a familiar number 11 by the name of Cole Beasley on the practice squad. We'll get to some comments by general manager Brandon Bean, who spoke a little over an hour ago about the addition of Beasley, among other things, including the state of the wide receiver position, the state of the passing game right now. Uh, we'll get to all of those in due course. We also have Taron Johnson coming on the show, fresh off the practice field this week. Look forward to talking to him. And... Uh, we'll give you the latest weather update, especially for you listeners and viewers that are outside the Western New York viewing area. Let me just say, for all the Dolphins players out there that might be listening, <laughs> get your layers ready. Get your layers ready. We're looking at winds 15 to 30 miles per hour now. Snow is happening during the game, maybe at its it heaviest at kickoff. Day. Yeah, during the day, chances of snow, and at night, it raises the chance of snow. Um, it, like, oof. it's cold. I mean, we were out there watching practice. It's cold, bro. It's so cold. Like sands I was through out. the hourglass. I was bumming out. These are the days of our lives. I was bumming out. I went out because we, we got stuff. We can go out there and just bundle up and go, right? So we're out there for. I was out there for ten minutes. I was like, I patted Brownie on the back, said, "Bro, that's enough. I'm out." <laughs> tapping out. I am after tapping. ten it minutes. Wasn't, it wasn't even. It wasn't snowing or anything or raining or anything, and the wind wasn't even that bad. It's right. just like all the way through. The snowy weather is supposed to move in on Friday, and uh, you know, about three to four inches on Friday. 
There's supposed to be more measurable so snow on Saturday. Now, the tricky part here is we've heard the local meteorologists talk for the last couple of days about a lake effect snow event that is supposed to set up shop yeah. right at kickoff with its heaviest lake effect bands here in Orchard Park at that time, around 8.15 p.m. The other thing that I haven't heard them mention at all, there's a storm in the Midwest right now. It's over Lake Michigan, and they have a winter storm warning there in the Chicago area. They're supposed to get about eight inches of snow in their forecast for a winter storm. Now, Steve, you and I have lived here long enough to know most of the time what Chicago gets, we usually get a day later. That's supposed to hit them on Thursday. So my question, because I haven't looked at it closely enough, nor do I know enough about forecasting weather is that going to combine with are we going to have like a a confluence of snow events i feel sick <laughs> look uh, you and i both know and we joke about it all the time we just went through this in november right with yeah. the 60 inches we got uh 65 i think at my house but <clears throat> when they predict snow in buffalo they don't miss well, definitely, if they're still talking about it two days out. Two days out, miss. it's a lock. It, they don't miss. Yeah, two days out, it's a lock. And if they get a lake effect band like we've seen in the last month at 8.15, at kickoff, by the third quarter, you're like, it's too deep to shovel, bro sleeve. Yeah. Especially if it's falling at a rate of two to three inches an hour. Dude. <laughs> It's nasty. Okay, so in the spirit of this forecasted weather event, which is going to make this game all the more interesting, especially for TV viewers at home, if it looks like a snow globe here at Highmark, um, we decided to reprise our roles as <laughs> primetime football introduction announcers. We did this back in week two, I believe, in advance of the Monday night football game between the Bills and the Titans. And since that went awfully well for Buffalo, Steve and I would thought we would do it this time. Now, we realize it is not Monday night football. This is a game that's going to appear on NFL Network. So we pulled up the NFL Network football theme. Now, Steve, did you, did you want to go first or did no, you want to go, go second? first. Okay, so I, Steve went first the last time. I will go first this time. We're each going to try our hand. At um, doing the primetime football lead-up to the telecast. Okay, so I will go first. Steve will go second. Guys, you can roll the music whenever you're ready. <clears throat> it's a game of epic proportions. As the reeling Miami Dolphins loses of two straight, wrap up a three-game road stretch against the Buffalo Bills, who have won four in a row. In the frigid confines of Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, where the tables aren't broken, but flipped from what the conditions were in week three when a shorthanded Bills team had to deal with the unforgiving heat of 120 degrees on their sideline in the blazing sun as players wilted in the conditions. Now, a Samoan by heritage and Hawaiian by birth brings the Dolphins to Western New York where they'll be met not only by the AFC conference leader, but blowing snow, 15 to 30 mile per hour winds, and wind chills in the teens. 
for a quarterback who has never played in a snow game. Tua in pregame warm-ups was quite literally shivering. There were even goosebumps on his face, something that's never been witnessed on a human before. We also saw dry ice being put under both benches before the game and Gatorade buckets replaced by snow cone machines. With up to a foot of measurable snow possible on the ground, Tua and the Dolphins won't be building sandcastles, but igloos! Bill's Mafia is ready. Old Man Winter is ready. Steve Tasker is shouting it might be chilly. It's the Shivering Dolphins and Buffalo Bills Saturday Night Football next. What do you think? Not bad. Maybe a little overstated. I never, I don't go that long. I'm all, I'm a, I'm a, short, I'm a, to the, short to the sweet. Uh, because I, I like it though. It was good. It was good. I want these conditions to be completely unbearable for the Dolphins in a way you can't possibly imagine. <laughs> All right, here we go. I literally want to see them shivering on the go. sideline. All right, here we go. All right, All right Steve is going now. Take, take the two. Music. Welcome to Saturday Night Football on the NFL Network. These two teams, week three, saw the Buffalo Bills wilt in the heat of September, losing by three points to a surging Miami Dolphins team led by Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Tyree Kill. But Buffalo has since recovered and now stands atop the entire AFC, while the Dolphins have continued to flirt with Super Bowl aspirations. Tonight, this AFC East rematch could keep alive the Dolphins' hopes for taking back a division they haven't won since 2008. And for Buffalo, it's a chance to clinch a playoff berth and to prove that revenge is a dish best served cold. I like the finish a lot. I like the finish a lot. (laughs) Woo! Fun stuff. I'm ready to put a helmet on. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. A dish best served cold. I love it. Ah. And it will be served cold. Yes, it will. 26 degrees is supposed to be the air temp. We're out there today. It's 33 today. It's supposed to be. (laughs) <laughs> it's supposed to be 23 on Saturday night. <laughs> 30. I was out there in 33. It was cold, man. Yeah. And the wind's not even blowing today. And the big story of the week is the, the Dolphins were in L.A. last Sunday. It was 50 degrees. and they had, 55. They had heaters on their benches. It was 55. <laughs> they are in. A- Bill's fans are wearing shorts in the stands in 55-degree weather. Yeah. It, they don't. I don't know if they know what they're in for here. You can you can turn your AC and your practice bubble down as much as you want. You're not getting. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really really bad. And it was bad this last week. I, this is going to be colder than it was last week. And it was it was brutal last week. Yeah. Last time the Bills played in frigid conditions, I recall them scoring 47 points. Just saying. On New England. <laughs> It was bad. Minus five with the wind chill. Yeah, it was. It was very cold that game. So very. So let's just you know, and I'm far be it for me to do the math on wind chill. But if it's 26 air temperature, and 15, getting colder as the night goes on, and 15, 15 mile per hour winds, steady 15 mile per hour winds. Let me let me yeah, see if they. There's got to be a wind chill calculator, there's, right? You would think we can we can find that on the internet. Too. I mean, why not? I mean, let's it's let's just in- let's just spell it all out. It's the intranet. So Fahrenheit, it. 26, 
If the winds are sustained at 15 miles per hour, the real feel will be 13. <laughs> so that'll cut it in half. If we get up, because it said 15 to 30, so I guess gusting. So when it gusts to 20, it'll feel like 12. If it gusts to 30, it'll feel like 9. Single digits. Giddy up! Giddy so, up yeah. Um, it's it's going to be cold. Really cold. It is really uh, it's cold. not a seven-layer game like the Here's Patriots the, uh, playoff right. game was, but yeah, that, it's probably a four-layer game. That game against the Patriots, and I went back and watched it a couple of times, um, you can see on the all 22 and even in the in the condensed version or on the broadcast, there's 22 guys out on the field. You can tell when every one of them exhales. There's like it's like a an old steam engine. Like, yeah, the frost is just blowing out of every helmet on every breath. It it looks like um, you know Dawson Knox in short. It sleeves. looks like an yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really short looks, sleeves. It looks like a pipe organ, you know, yeah. with all the the steam coming out of there. So. Uh, it's going to be that kind of game. Uh, fans will know. I mean, we'll, people here in Western New York are going to be geared up for it, of course. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, uh, there ain't no hiding from that. So we've got Cole Beasley on the field today. Uh, he is on the practice squad. And Brandon Bean, as we said, addressed the media a little over an hour ago uh, as he addressed the addition of one Cole Beasley and we'll get to some of his comments here shortly. I think maybe the biggest thing to take away from that, actually, let's do this first. Let's get the practice updates out to you. First, practice updates presented by LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. And the news is this. Ryan Bates, Jordan Phillips, Matt Milano not practicing. Ed Oliver and Reggie Gilliam limited in practice today. Ed Oliver's dealing with a pec injury. Reggie Gilliam's still trying to come back from that ankle injury that held him out of last week's game. Phillips, as we know, missed last week's game with the shoulder injury. Bates suffered the ankle injury in the game last week, and Milano's still dealing with the knee that had him questionable going into last week's game. It looks like that is something he's just going to have to deal with for at least the immediate future. So I would anticipate he is going to be a, you know, a non-to-limited participant for the next few weeks until it writes itself and whether it can or not, I don't know, but I think that's, that's going to be a thing that's managed, I guess is the best way to put it on on Milano. So um, hopefully they give him the proper rest and then he gets enough reps. He can play in the game just like he did last week. Yeah. Cause he played the whole game last week. It'll be interesting because yeah, he just, it's, you can understand what it is. You take a couple of steps forward, you start feeling better. Then you play a game, you take a step back. Or you take a knock on it. Yeah, or, yeah. you take a whack on it or something. And then, you know, you, you take a few ne- more steps forward and you get knocked back again by another game. It just takes a long time to get, get on top of it. We saw the same thing, really, with Josh's elbow. Um, you know, he fought through it and could throw it, but he wasn't throwing much during the week. Right. Um, and then you throw it in the game. Then, okay, then you, you don't go back to the square one, but you go back to square three. You know, yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where you're at. And these these games like this, this late in the season, everybody's managing something. You know, sore ankle. I mean, even you know Gabe Davis and his sore ankle. Um, you know, Jordan Poyer's still lugging around that elbow that he did way back in you know early in the season. He's still wearing the brace. So you got all these guys that are managing symptoms of injuries, and it's. It's re- it really is on the front burner. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's that management, getting guys on the field uh, and having them take part and be productive is, I mean, the, the sports science guys and the, and the athletic tra- the trainers and the medical staff, they are, it is all hands on deck for all of them. They are, they've got everything going trying to focus on these players, getting them healthy and feeling good enough to play, not just to get on the field, but to play well. That's yeah. what they've been very good at in years past, and they continue to be. As you know, Matt Milano is a perfect example. He is indeed. Uh, but let's get to some of the comments by one Brandon Bean earlier today, just before the noon hour, when he addressed the signing of one Cole Beasley. Obviously, Cole's a unique signing uh, this time of year. Um, kind of the way it came about was Cole um, reached out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was it was right after Thanksgiving. Um, he called and just said, "Listen, I know I retired, but um, I still am open to playing. Um, I know you guys have had some injuries there, and and what you know, I don't know if the door's closed um, or not. But um, if you know, I'm interested. If you guys are interested, so that's kind of how it started. Um, we talked for ten, fifteen minutes." life, family, whatever. And then uh, I just said, listen, we'll we'll think about it internally, talk about it. Um, also dealing with injuries here, I got to find a roster spot if we were to do it. So that's kind of how it started. I told him I'd call him later that week. Um, we played, let's see, we played New England again that week on a Thursday. I think I checked in with him that weekend and just said, listen, we're still dealing with some injuries. You know, Jordan Phillips had just gotten hurt. Um, trying to figure out, you know, if it made sense and how it would, um, how we'd get him on the roster. And so late last week I called him and just said, listen, Cole, I don't know that I can get you on the 53. Um, you know, we'd, we'd be interested in bringing you back, but you know, you'd have to be open to a practice squad spot. And so, um, he said he was, and I said, well, let us get through this game and then I'll call you and we'll either say yay or nay. Let's either do it or not to, you know, you're running out of time in, in, in the games of the season to get him back in the flow. So I uh, called him Monday morning, and we got him on a flight within a couple hours. And, and so that's kind of how it all um, – you know, we've lost a couple of guys this year in Kumaro and, and way back Crowder. So we're down to four. And, you know, Isaiah – you know, the plan at the beginning of the year was Isaiah and Crowder were going to kind of split the role. And, we ju- you know, Cole – kind of feels what we've lost with Crowder from that standpoint, so it kind of all made sense. You, uh, you played very briefly with the Bucks this year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you looked at the film. There wasn't a lot to look at. But yeah. Does it look like you know he still can do what Cole Beasley used to do? Yeah. He, you know, he, he didn't play a lot of snaps, um, but what you saw, he still got his separation quicks. I trust his hands. I mean, like I said it was it was a very limited amount to say, oh, yes, but um, – you know, we'll get him back out here, and there's, um, you know, there's no promises on either side where his snaps will go to when he's ready for a game, whether he's ready for a game this week, whether it's next week, whatever. It's just kind of, hey, come jump in the team, help us any way you can. That's his mindset, and that's our mindset. Wasn't a clean departure in some ways with Cole, you know, back going on social media this summer saying, I won't regret leaving the Bills. How do you deal with that part of that? Um, you know, when, when that, when it, did, it, did it come up in conversation? How did, you, how, how did you approach that part? 
Yeah, uh, that's a good question, John. I mean, I think, you know, knowing Cole, um, you know, Cole wears his emotions on his sleeves. Um, that's what makes, you know, for a small guy, tough. And, you know, we, we in a roundabout way, talked about things. And, um, you know, no one's perfect. Um, deep in his heart, Cole's a good person. And I think ultimately um, we appreciated who he was when he was here and, um you know, did everything finish the way he or, or we wanted? You know, perfectly, probably not. Um, but I think a healthy respect on both sides. And, and you know, I think that's why you, you, you keep it open. You never close the door. You, are you hopeful? Do you think you could use another move the chains option against some elite defenses? Yeah, I mean, I think Cole provides you that he's, you know, the way we've used him, He's an extension of the run game, Mark. Um, it's an, you know when people are just um, trying to take away the deep stuff, um, and you need those guys finding the holes, you know, in the middle when you got to throw it third and three, third and five, whatever, whatever the you know the down and distance is. I think Cole has proven to be that. Um, and again, we got to. This is this is the first time in Ken Dorsey's offense. Not a lot's changed. Ken's got his own wrinkles on it, but um, he'll have to fit into that as well. How much did uh, Josh have an input on this? Did you contact him and get get his? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, um, the next week, I think I think at some point Cole maybe after he had talked to me, you know, I think he probably mentioned a couple of guys that he reached out and you know, would be interested. So Josh actually came up to me at some point and said, Hey, you talked to Cole. And I was like, yeah, I did. And, and he said, what do you, you know, what are you thinking? And I just said, I'm still thinking, you know, and, and it's not just as simple as bringing Cole back. It's, I got to figure out the roster piece here as well. But um, yeah, of course I said, what, you know, how do you think he'd fit, you know, in, in our room and you, you want to make sure not just as a player, everything, walk back in, fit like he never left type thing. And, and of course, Josh, he felt like everything would be great if, if if we did make the move. Is it unrealistic to think he could play Saturday? I don't think it's unrealistic. Um, no, I, I think, you know, yesterday we just had a walkthrough. So, you know, I think we'd have to see and, and make sure. What we do, wouldn't want to do if we played him is have, have him have a setback. Like, you know, he's not in football shape. You know, I know he, he went and... You know, when I checked in with him a couple of times, he started running routes again. I think he was playing basketball mainly, but um, started running routes. Uh, I don't think he had a pro quarterback throwing to him, but, you know, he was trying to get himself in shape. So, um, you know, that would be up for, you know, Sean and, and Dorsey and Chad Hall to determine if he's ready to roll, along with our medical staff, to make sure there's no concern about, you know, the soft tissue stuff. You also mentioned Jamison earlier and how kind of Cole could fill that role. Yeah. Is there still a possibility Jamison returns? I think it's still a possibility, yes. Yeah, he's still working his way back, you know, not been cleared or anything like that. And he would need to work himself. It's been so long back into football shape using the window. So, um, you know, I think he's improving. Um, I don't I, I don't know if it's a couple weeks, three weeks. I'm not quite sure how close he is. But, um, yeah, we'd be open to, you know, him back um, if, you know, once deemed healthy. This is a more of kind of an X's and O's kind of question, but that position, whether it be Jameson's injury or performance related, maybe with Isaiah, whatever, that dimension of the offense and with whatever's going on with, with on that side of the ball, with it being able to reach its highest gear at the most important time, that's been the narrative, obviously, and what people see. Mm -hmm. how, how much has the lack of an answer 
at that slot receiver position affected things in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, um, every year is a new year, Adam. Every you know, every season has its own ups and downs. Again, um, I think Crowder was really doing a good job through the preseason, and and he and Josh were you know, kind of getting their groove going. Isaiah, you know, was going to continue his role and and maybe a little bit more than in, in years past, but his role definitely expanded. You know, when Crowder went out, and so you're always trying to find answers for every defense, and um, you know, it's hard when. You, Cole Beasley against his own defense is, you know, he's got a really innate feel. He sees the game. It's very similar to how Josh sees it. Not a lot of guys see it, you know, that clear happening like that, you know, and that's that's one of his strengths. Why a guy his his size has had such such success in the league and in this offense. All right, that's GM Brandon Bean addressing the media about uh about right about two hours ago, and. Yeah. He was uh, just kind of spelling out how bringing Cole Beasley back to the roster, albeit on the practice squad, came to fruition. Uh, some of the other things that he mentioned were important. Jameis. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Crowder still has a chance to get back to the roster before the end of the season, although it sounds like it's going to be closer to the end of the season. We've seen him working on the side with the strength and conditioning staff and some athletic trainers the last couple of weeks. So we thought, oh, maybe he's close, but it looks like it might be towards the tail end of the season, like week 17, 18 at the earliest. Uh, other things that Brandon Bean addressed that we did not play for you because it just kind of went on and on and on. <clears throat> <laughs> well, no, it was, it was longer than we have time for. That's right. really the issue. Exactly. Uh, but Brandon said the Cole Beasley signing is mutually exclusive from their interest in Odell Beckham Jr. He said that they haven't closed the door on Odell just because they signed Cole Beasley. So those two things are mutually exclusive. And then he also was asked about Jay Kumaro, who's another receiver on IR right now, and his answer was he is not ready. And even when he is ready, he will need ramp-up time. 
So it's going to be a while for him as well. So you kind of understand why the team, which has been thin at wide receiver with four on the active roster, add John Brown and Cole Beasley the last few weeks. Yeah. You need guys you can trust who can, who can play. Uh, that's it. I mean, it's not, it's not complicated. And you don't need him for a whole season. You don't need him to be great right away. You don't need him to take 100% of the offensive snaps. You just need him to be ready. And when they come in, perform. Uh, and then, theoretically, in best-case scenario, they go back to the bench when the other guy's healthy or when they get back to full strength uh, at other places. So um, it's the right time to do it. It's These are the guys who, who you're going to bring in. John Brown's already proven he can still get loose. Uh, Cole Beasley, I was watching him in, in you know, practice. And, yeah, he looks cap- – he still looks capable to me of getting some separation and catching the ball where Josh needs him in those third down. You know, the, he's got that short area explosion that he can get away from a guy quick and have the ball be there. Um, and you know how tough he is. I think I played in the playoff game with a busted leg. So he'll be ready when the Bills line it up if they need him. And that's exactly what you're looking for at this time of year. So – it makes a lot of sense, particularly the guys they've signed. Brandon Bryant, Cole Beasley, John Brown. So I'm They're all injury related, if you yes, think about it. They're all injury related. And that's something the Bills haven't been through in a couple of years. So here we are. Yeah. And there is a decision that will have to be made at the end of the week. We saw John Brown get called up to the game day roster from the practice squad two weeks ago in New England, played 15 snaps, got elevated again last week and played. Brandon Bean said he wouldn't rule out Beasley being up for Saturday night's game. So what we're talking about here is route running capabilities. How sharp is he? You know, are his, are his skills a little rusty that he's got to knock some rust off this week and then maybe be a factor being on the active roster next week? Or are we, you know, concerned about his level of fitness and conditioning where soft tissue injuries become a concern? These are all things that are going to have to be weighed and assessed, not only by the coaching staff, but by the athletic training staff. Like, hey, guys, based on his conditioning level, if you play him, the risk of a hamstring injury is 70%. Or, you know, I'm just spitballing here because I don't know exactly how it works. But these guys have it down to a science in there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's about as high level as you can get. I mean, they're at the top of the food chain in that field. So all of that's going to be weighed before they say, yeah, well, let's dress yeah. him. But, yeah, but like we always know, when a team's desperate, some of those, some of those rules get bent. You know, uh, some of the good, you know, the stuff you'd like to do becomes impossible because of time constraints, because of deadlines, because of game. You got to kick it off and you need the guy. So if he wants to go and he's ready, whether you've vetted him thoroughly enough or not, bro, you're in. Yeah. That's the way it goes. We're not at that point yet for these guys. Right. And then if he is in. How much does he play? That's the next question. Right. Because John Brown, his first, like, if you just want to use him as a barometer, you know, John Brown goes to New England. He's here for a week. 
plays 15 snaps. Is that what we should expect for Beasley, or do we expect a little bit more? Well, a lot of that's probably going to be predicated on how he looks in practice today and tomorrow and what the athletic training staff deems his fitness level to be. I'll say this, though. We talk about this all the time, Brownie. If they come in and they look good and, they, and they're playing and the Bills feel like they're the best option in a given situation, they're going to be on the field. John Brown was that on the, in the Jet game and the New England game. Uh, there were a couple of instances where he was on there and he was the guy and we're throwing it at him. You can bet Beasley's going to be in that same situation as well. The question is, well, there's a couple of questions actually. One, if somebody's hurt and they plug those guys in, what happens if that guy gets better the next week? Are they back out? And if they, if they aren't healthy next week, can these guys, you know, at, at their advanced age and the fact they're just fresh back, can they go long can they take a lot of snaps and a lot of games in a row? That's a question. Break time for us here when we come back. One of the people who will be on the NFL Network broadcast Saturday night, former defensive back in the NFL for over 10 seasons. One Jason McCourty joins us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Time now for us to catch up with the guy who's going to be the color analyst on Westwood One Radio when the Bills host the Dolphins Saturday night. He's also the co-host of Good Morning Football. And, you know, he played a little bit in this league, 13 seasons. <laughs> it's uh, one Jason McCourty joining us on the line here. Jason, uh, welcome to One Bills Live. How you been? I've been good. Appreciate you guys having me. I can't complain. I'm enjoying uh, the transition to retired life. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I always get asked. I got that asked when I when I retired from playing. And I always told people I recommended retirement if you could swing it. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I can't have drawn up my transition into the sports media world any better. My wife still likes me. I'm still allowed in the house now that I'm there more. So everything is everything's on the up and up. That's good stuff. All right. Well, let's begin here, Jason. Um, especially being a former defensive back yourself. The Dolphins, uh, the offense has kind of hit the skids the last two weeks. And San Francisco and the Chargers took two different approaches to Tua in that passing game. San Fran played a lot more zone. Chargers came out and pressed him up uh, and shut down the middle of the field. Both were successful. Um, What do you make of the last two weeks in terms of the defensive approach to that Dolphins passing attack? and the way in which Miami struggled to execute against both of those approaches. Yeah, it's funny you say that because Miami struggled on offense the last two weeks, and um, a lot has been grouping those two games together and saying, all right, what did San Francisco and the Chargers do alike that shut down two? And to your point, it's two totally different approaches. The 49ers are a defense where they're stacked on each and every level. So they go in week in and week out, and they just do what they do. They play zone schemes. Because their front four with Bolsa and Armstead, they can get after any quarterback across the NFL. They have really good linebackers, Warner and Greenlaw, who understand and know how to drop into those coverages and know how to identify where the threats are. But then you watch the Chargers on Sunday night versus Miami. They took a totally different approach. We're not going to let Waddle and Tyreek Hill, we're not going to let these speed guys run on air and attack us while we're playing back and we're playing passive. We're going to get up there, we're going to get in their face, and we're going to take away the take away the space early on. 
and they did so with a safety deep to protect them, and then somebody on the other side of the field to protect the inside. So the Chargers and the 49ers both took vastly different approaches, but the one thing I think that married up with both of them is continue to put the pressure on Tua Tungabailoa, not allowing him to be comfortable and trying to force him to throw the ball outside the numbers uh, when we all know the anticipation and his accuracy, which he loves, is hitting those routes coming into the middle. And it, they both teams did a really nice job and make you know how we've seen it a hundred times with Tua. He drops back those three steps and that ball is out on time. And if you can jump on those routes or get somebody on that and make him double clutch it, he his game starts to deteriorate a little bit. But we all know it, and it's not that easy to do. What's it take for? Um, do you have? 49ers got a great front. They can do it. Uh, the Chargers, not so much. Uh, what's it take if a team doesn't have that great front four to do that to Tua? I think what the Chargers did really well was they weren't afraid to challenge. And I think when you have cornerbacks on the outside that are used to week in and week out playing man-to-man, Asante Samuel, uh, Michael Davis, those were guys that were totally comfortable standing at the line of scrimmage and not being afraid of the speed of Tyreek Hill and the speed of Jalen Waddle. And you think about it, those guys play for the Chargers. They they played against Tyreek Hill in that offense. They've had to go up against it. So they were comfortable in that space. And although Tyreek Hill has killed them at times when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs, both of those guys did a really good job of getting in his space and challenging them. And the one thing that Miami does is they try to get Tyreek Hill and Waddle on the move, those missile motions and then getting them up the field, not allowing DBs to stand at the line of scrimmage and press them. The Chargers, Brandon Staley, and what they did is when that motion was coming, guys were walking down to take away that space and forcing those guys to run around them and keeping their inside leverage, not allowing those quick slants and those routes that come in to the middle of the field. So you think about for Buffalo on Saturday night, I look at Buffalo as a team as they're not going to change their entire game plan to go against Tua and to go against this offense. Buffalo is a team with Leslie Frazier as a defensive coordinator. They do what they do, and they do it really well. They go out there, they'll blitz you a little bit, but a lot of it is playing zone and keeping the ball in front of you. And if you're able to do that to Miami's offense, you're limit them drastically. All right, so let's uh, let's take a look at the Dolphins' defense here, Jason, because the defense that you played for just last year, it's the same D.C. Uh, who's, in, who's in charge. And for some reason, I don't know what happens on the road. Uh, they're like a top three defense at home in terms of points allowed, 15.4 points allowed per game. On the road, they're over 31 points a game. It's last in the league. They can't get off the field. They have like the lowest three and out percentage in the league. Um, what what's going on on that side of the ball? You know that crew. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain the drastic differences from home in a way because there's so many variables. It can be warm in Miami, it can be warm on the road, so it's hard to explain the difference between the two. Uh, but even even if you look at that first game in Miami where Buffalo played them, it was so hot, and that can be an advantage. Obviously, this week all we're talking about is how cold is going to be in Buffalo, and now that's an advantage for them. But Miami is a defense that is built on being able to play man-to-man and having guys on the outside and cornerbacks. And Xavier Howard a year ago was Byron Jones on the other side. Having guys that can play man-to-man and then being able to bring pressure and making your quarterback uncomfortable. And for Miami this year, they've had games where it's done really well and the games where it hasn't. And they've been really banged up in the secondary. You just look at that first game against Buffalo. I mean, you had Nick Needham out there, a guy who's now injured, won't be out there in the game. Another guy in Brandon Jones who was out there who forced a fumble on Josh Allen, who's a very aggressive blitzer and tackler, he's injured. He won't be out there. So I think some of these things go to 
but when you're facing injuries, especially when you have a defense that's built on being able to cover people in the back end, it makes it a lot more difficult to figure out how to attack and what to do. But I can't put my finger on why they play so well at home and why they've struggled so much on the road. One of the things that seems different about this Dolphin team, it's even gotten better since even the first matchup in week three is their front four. Christian Wilkins is really playing extremely well. I mean, he is he was almost unblockable in that charger or in the charger game this last Sunday night. Um, he really seemed like he was exploding off the ball. And Jalen Phillips, his athleticism, which seemed to be non existent a year ago when he was young, and this year with McDonald. They've really unleashed him, and he seems like he's quite the player they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. What a, talk about this front four, how it's evolved in this short time. Yeah, uh, I'll start with Jalen Phillips, the guy you just mentioned at the tail end of that question. This is a guy that athleticism has been there. This is a guy, when he showed up in training camp last year, we all do a condition test. All 32 teams in the NFL do it when you show up for training camp, making sure guys are in shape. And as often you have the bigs run together, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen. Then you have what we call the mids, the running backs, linebackers, tight ends. And then you have your skill, your wide receivers and DBs. Jalen Phillips can fall in between kind of that defensive line and linebackers. He ran with the skill position. The times that we had to run on our, on our conditioning test, he ran with us as DBs and wide receivers and was not trailing behind at all. So this is a guy that is extremely athletic and, you talk about making a jump from year one to year two. Guys have such an understanding of what you're trying to do on defense. But on top of that, you have an expectation of what the season is going to be like. As a rookie, you have no idea what you're walking into. It's a long year from college to bowl games to training for the combine and all of those things. Year two, you know. And Christian Wilkins has just been a monster. And it's a contract year for him, man. He's taking advantage of it. He's a leader on that team and, and, and in that locker room, man. He's a guy that comes out and plays every single Sunday. And I think with him, you see the desire and the love to just play football. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. You see him antagonizing and doing things to his opponents, trying to get under their skin. That's the way he plays the game. And another guy you didn't mention is Zach Steeler. He's a guy in the middle of the defense that disrupts things and doesn't get a ton of credit, but and those third and shorts, fourth and shorts, he's often the guy making the play. And obviously they've added Bradley Chubb and then Melvin Ingram has been there. And Ingram had a huge impact in that first game, being able to make plays and have some tackles on Josh Allen that were really good. So their front has played really well. And Miami's a team that brings a lot of pressure, but I think this front also allows Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator, to be able to say, hey, let me just let my guys rush and force everybody else to stay in coverage and keep their eyes on the quarterback. All right, I'm curious, Jason, you know, because you, you'll have more of an outside perspective. We kind of suffer from Bill's myopia here, uh, talking about it all the time. Bills are on a four-game winning streak, but their point total has decreased each successive week on that streak. They've made a concerted effort to try to diversify their offense, kind of improve their run game, so it's something they can turn to if and when they need it, especially late in the season or in a weather situation like we might have Saturday night. But some fans get a little, a little nervous about that because they've become accustomed to seeing this explosive passing offense the last two years, and they haven't really seen it the last few weeks. What is the outside perspective, outside maybe, of Buffalo and Western New York? Like, Is there any concern that the Bills can't turn back to that at the drop of a hat? Can they turn back to that at a drop of a hat? I think that question is more, uh, will they need to? I think 
I'm a guy, I guess the last three, four years of my career, I've been forced to play against uh, the alien that you guys play with that quarterback and Josh Allen. And I think that's the gift and the curse. This guy is so good that when he's not jumping over people, when he's not throwing the ball 70 yards in the air uh, to Diggs or, or Gabe Davis, you sit there and you're just like, well, what's going on? Is his elbow hurting? Uh, is he second guessing himself because he had a stretch of the three games with the six interceptions? But to me, as I watched him, I was I was there in person for the game uh, in Foxborough in New England where they with those guys and I was impressed by the way they were able to control the game. They went in that third and fourth quarter and it was just like, all right, we're going to hand the ball off to Singletary and to James Cook and we're going to let them do their thing. We're not going to force Josh Allen to feel like he has to be a hero every time we step foot on the field. If we can find ways to win with running the ball and doing different things, then why not do it? There have been times over the years where I played against this offense where you finish out the game and you look at the running game and Singletary averaged six yards a carry but he only has seven carries. And I think for them, when you look at how you can be the best offense you possibly can be, the connection with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, that's not going anywhere. When those guys need to make a play, they're able to make a play. When Josh Allen needs to throw the ball 50 yards down the field, he's throwing the ball down the field. The game this past week versus the New York Jets was a game and terrible conditions. Another one where you, it may not be as easy to throw the ball and make all of these completions. But for me, a win is a win. When you're a football team late in the season and you're finding ways to win games that calluses you and that prepares you for what the playoffs are going to be like and how it's hard to finish games down the stretch because everybody's playing for their season. Jason, thanks, man. Really appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Have a good broadcast on Saturday night. That's Jason McCourty joining us, co-host of Good Morning Football and also going to be the color analyst on Westwood One's national broadcast of the game on Saturday night between the Bills and the Dolphins. We ran out of time. We didn't get to talk to him about bundling up and stuff. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Uh, We did before he came on a little bit, and he was saying, yeah, I'm not sitting not, out in that stuff anymore he's not a he's not a fan of the cold I, mean, well, I don't know if anybody is but yeah yeah but he played his last mm. season in Miami so I just kind of wonder what goes through those guys heads when they know they're coming up to these conditions conditions they really haven't played in yet this season um, we'll talk more about that when we return here on one bills live presented by Collider Health it's Buffalo Bills radio bills tickets check Face paint, check. Your favorite apple with the epic crunch, Snapdragon Apples. Available now at Wegmans. Fuel your day with Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of your Buffalo Bills. Uh, We were talking about the weather that is forecast for the game on Saturday night. Um, And based on my cursory research, Steve, (laughs) Tua Tagovailoa has never played... Never played in a snow game. 
He played in a game in which there was freezing rain in Tennessee. And let's just say it did not go well uh, for Tua and the Dolphins. Yeah. So um, I am going to try to pull that game up to get his official stats. But he has never played in a snow game. He has only played in a freezing rain game and obviously some rainy conditions yeah. in college. Here's- and playing for my Here's Miami. what I'm getting. On my little weather thing that I'm on, it says uh, Saturday, the December 17th in Orchard Park, New York. Snow during the morning, transition to snow showers during the afternoon. What's the difference between snow and snow showers? I, I don't know. All right. Anyway, temps nearly steady in the low to mid-30s. Winds west-southwest at 10 to 15. Chance of snow 60%, 1 to 3 inches expected. So then you go to the night, says Saturday night, which I don't know where it turns over in the night, but periods of snow, low 23, winds 5 to 10, chance of snow, 70%, accumulating 1 to 3. Yeah, but they're saying the snow band may set up here right at kickoff. You're going to get a whole lot more than 1 to 3 inches. Yeah, it could be the fact that you get the 1 to 3 inches in about 10 minutes. <laughs> You know, yeah, we've seen that happen. Okay, so I found the game. Tua Tagovailoa. What year? This is last year. Last year. January 2nd, 2022, Miami at Tennessee, week 17. Freezing rain, 34 degrees, and winds 10 to 12 miles per hour. Miami and their quarterback. Here are his stats. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 18 of 38 for a 47% completion percentage, 205 yards, and a pick. Um, he was also sacked four times for a loss of 23 yards. The Dolphins lost that game 34-3. to Ooh. That is the only game that comes even remotely close to a snow game. And it was it was freezing was it? rain. What was the temperature? At Tennessee. What was the temperature? Thirty four. That ain't cold. That ain't cold enough, bro. That's I read somewhere cold. it's going to be in the twenties. That Tua has only played in games in which it was under fifty degrees six times in his career. Under fifty in in the pros or is yeah, it in the pros? Is, yeah, in okay. the pros. All right, because this <clears> is only his third season. Right. Um. And I think he only – I don't know if he has a win. That's, that's crazy because the guy's in the AFC East, and he plays in New York, Buff, in New Jersey, Buffalo, and Boston in New England. Those are all three northern cities, and he's yeah. dodged that so far. Well, he's, he's, he was injured this year. Well, that was early in the season. It's not going to be cold then. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't forget, his first year, he didn't play until like week seven because Fitz was playing. Right. So I, I don't I think the opportunities have not been as many as you might have thought. Right. So Yeah, and all they were at they were at Cincinnati, at New York, at Baltimore. Those those were all in September and early October. Yeah, there's a winter storm warning in northern Wisconsin and northern Illinois from noon today until nine AM on Thursday. I wonder how much of that, Dude, might that comes impact this us way, coming this way. We're neck deep in it. If that comes, well, yeah, you're looking at more like a foot then. 
I would think, than three inches, six inches. You know you're in trouble. If Let me just say this. If Governor Hockel, Hochul, if Governor Hochul has another press conference on, like, Thursday. Yeah, I don't think we're looking at anything like that. That's when you worry, when they're going to say, okay, everybody, here we go. That's, that's when you really worry. When, when Byron Brown gets on the air and goes, all right, everybody, we're going to buckle up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mark Poland cars got his hands up going, okay, everybody, just hang on just for a minute. We got, you know? When those people start showing up on two days ahead of the storm, that's when you really worry. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. No. But it's not. It's but too it early. It's too early. For but it could. It. If that ha- it'll happen within the next forty-eight hours if they're going to do that. Listen, it's going to be cold all day, and then it's going to get really. And you know, we all know it. The sun goes down, it gets even colder. Just oof. and if the wind is what they say it's going to be, I mean, you don't want. Like I said, I was thing. doing. I was doing the wind chill calculator. We had it I down mean, to that, like ten, twelve degrees. Oh. I mean, I. I you really, you really have to plan how you're going to dress, when you're going, what you're going to wear. Your hand, you got to have those little hand warmer thing. You got to have every. You really got to get out there and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do, and you got to be right. Because if you miss it, you got to leave. Yeah, yeah, you can't last the whole game. One uh, other thing I left out from that Tennessee game that Tua yeah. played in freezing rain that they lost yeah, with, thirty-four to three with the interception. He fumbled three times. Ooh. Well, ball security. Yep. It's going to be a whole different ball of wax than we saw in week three. We have to take a break here. Steve and I back with our number two as we discuss Bill's Dolphins in further detail. And don't forget, once practice is over, here in studio with us, Taryn Johnson, fresh off the field. It's all coming your way in our number two here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.